Okay, y'all, let's just be honest, okay? I have been MIA for several weeks because I knew this podcast was coming. Like, I have been hiding because it is such a wildly intimidating topic to me um, that I was like, I've got to figure this out. I know that it's really important. I know it's something we need to talk about, but, oh, loud. I needed some help. Um, Today's podcast, and we're going to do a series on it because there's so much to cover and I just feel like it's all really important. The topic is friendship. This is the friendship series. And I'm not just talking like, oh, my neighbors are my friends and I got some friends over here from high school and whatever. I'm talking about like adult friendships as a woman. From the minute that I announced that I was thinking about maybe doing a podcast and I was like, hey, what kind of topics would you guys be interested in? Like, I mean, it it came in so fast and so hard from all sides. And it was like friendship, friendship. Oh, my gosh. Please talk about friendship as a grown woman because I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but it is kicking my ass. Like, all I want is a friend that I can sit on a patio and drink margaritas with or drink wine with after kids go to bed or laugh or just believe that has my back. That's all that I want. But all I seem to be experiencing is like mean girls, lady shame, and like total and complete isolation. And y'all, we were made for relationship. Like we were made for connection way more so than men. And if you need any proof of that, just consider like, how often your husband wants to talk to you about his feelings or your dad wants to talk to you or your brother. Like they're not, they don't derive necessarily a lot of uh, identity or strength from their relationships. But we as women, we do. Um, I think it was this last year, my girl Allison sent me um, I spent a lot of time on Instagram. And so if you, if you hang out on Instagram, let's be friends. Um, but my girl Allison sent me <laughs> She sent me this quote on Instagram and we laughed so freaking hard because it's so insanely true. So the quote is, no one ever talks about the miracle of Jesus having 12 close friends in his 30s. I mean, amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Like go on and preach. Like it is a miracle. 12 close friends in their 30s. I'm struggling to have one. I'm struggling to have two. I'm I'm struggling to have 12 people that will talk to me, okay? <laughs> On a given daily basis. I mean, friendship, it is it is y'all, it is tough out here sometimes. And I have walked through a tremendous amount in my life. Like I went from just being like, Mm-mm, it's not possible to have good friendships. So like, I'm just not going to focus on them or invest in them or really worry about them. I'm just going to be a loner. Doesn't that, sound, <laughs> doesn't that sound exciting? But to me, that's what was safe. And y'all know me. I'm all about avoiding pain and trying to keep things safe. Um, but the crazy thing about friendships are that as women, we need them. I mean, we need them so, so much. They pull us out of our perspective. They expand our worldview. They remind us of truths. Like, and if, if all else fails, even if not everybody agrees and, but you can look beside you and be like, I'm not alone. Like that's all we need some days. So the thing about friendships with women is that when we have good ones, right? When we got our tribe and we have our people, we feel like we can conquer the freaking world. Okay. I mean, if we have our posse, if we have our people, we're like, come at me, bro. Like you don't even want, you don't even want any. Okay. When we don't have good friendships, 
when we don't have our tribe, our posse, our people, we can feel incredibly inadequate, desperately alone. And it's crazy how everything in our lives just feels that much harder. I mean, we are so driven to and defined by relationships as women that we often stay in some really crazy places. Like we often stay in some really crappy relationships of all kinds, both friendships and like romance, romantical, is that a word? Romantical (laughs) romance relationships, but we stay in those places just so we don't feel so desperately alone. I mean, y'all, we put up with friends who only talk and never listen. Friends who make us feel like we're not good enough. And friend groups that, like, they are just flat out mean. I mean, why do we put up with it? Stop and think right now. I guarantee you there's some places in your lives where you're like, I do not like how I feel when I hang out with these people. Why do we put up with it? Because somewhere in the back of of our brain, we're like, it's better than being alone. It's better than being alone. So the struggle with friendship and that topic resonated so loud and clear with me because friendship has been one of the hardest but most precious and needed things in my life as a high-strung woman. I mean, girl, I too have a lifetime of battle wounds from the fields of female friendship. I mean, my story is filled with lost friendship, lost friendships, quote, friends that only called when they needed help or support, but never gave anything back or were ever available when I needed them. And then even groups of people that I never fit in with. I had settled into the belief that I was just someone who wasn't going to really have good friends. And I decided that it was safer that way, like I mentioned earlier. Lonely and definitely not as much fun, but absolutely safer. I mean, it was like my life theme song was Desperado. It's so lame. I'm super embarrassed, but whatever. We're being honest. Okay. That may sound super crazy to some of you that know me because I've always been surrounded by a lot of people, like whether I wanted to or not. And that's not like, oh, I think I'm so popular. It's it's a byproduct of being a pastor's kid, of coming from a big family, and um, from living in you know a close community that comes from a church family. So I was always surrounded by a lot of people. Um, I think a lot of people would say, oh, she's got so many friends or whatever. And the people around me were friendly. They cared for me and supported me in their own way. But when it came down to it, I felt like none of them really knew me, the real me. I mean, hell, I didn't even know the real me, so I can't blame it all on them. But it was, it's a crazy thing to be surrounded by hundreds of people and to feel so insanely alone. I know you know that feeling. As a pastor's kid, and I mentioned this before, um, I kind of served as like a weird poster child for whatever most people were wanting. Like I was supposed to represent whatever they were shooting for. So for example, I'd have parents ask me to befriend their troubled daughters to help influence them in the right direction. Awesome. I was 13. I was totally ready to be an influencer. In addition, um, and this is something that like, I think is really worth asking yourself. Cause you're going to, you're just going to pull a lot of like perspective and expectations and information and stuff from the friendships that we watch in our lives. And usually the the biggest stage that plays out in front of us are our moms and our sisters and aunts and things like that. And I watched my own mother struggle with friendships because she was a pastor's wife. And y'all, like, it's incredibly hard. Like, watching her trying to navigate her way through the women who wanted her to be their friend so that they felt important. And then women who actually wanted to be her friend because they valued her was like, it just 
it was way too hard on me. It just broke my heart. And it was really, really hard on my mom. I mean, the women who wanted my mom to be their friend so that they felt important, it, that usually ended with them just like leaving for the next big thing. And when we experienced those things, we could find ourselves like so just like jacked up that by the time the good friends come around, we're like not willing. Like we just lock everybody out and you know, we're like Elsa locked up in our ice castle. Me and my freaking, I just always refer to Elsa. I don't know. She, she really has impacted my life. Anyways, the people who actually loved my mom for who she really was, they had no personal agenda. They could let her be her. Like they could handle her fears, flaws, and her funny. And as I watched her try to filter those two things, I decided that friendships with other women were just dangerous and they weren't worth it. Like it was not worth the risk to sort through the women who like really wanted to be your friends and the women who were like, yeah, I want to be important. And because that was my life, that was kind of the world that I lived in. I just sort of adopted that and set out my desperado ways. In addition, healthy friendships were not modeled to me because of two things. Okay. The first thing is that we were all trying to be who we thought we were supposed to be and how we thought we were supposed to be, not who we actually were, okay? All of us, all the ladies in the group of us trying to be friends or not be friends, whatever. So the basis of this was pretense. It's not real life. It's not real feelings. It's not real heart. It's not authenticity. And so any connections that were made were made in like how hard we tried and how much we got right. Now, heaven forbid, if we got it wrong, I mean, you were kicked out of the group. You were totally ostracized. And that really sucked. The second thing was we had no clue of how to have and operate within healthy boundaries. So what that looks like is everything was everyone's business, everyone's responsibility. And when everything is everybody's business and everybody's responsibility, it absolutely is guaranteed to result in burnout, frustration, and just so many offenses you cannot see straight. It just is a matter of time until it all burns to the ground. And this really, really sucks. Um, those were two things that I've now learned are incredibly important in developing any kind of a healthy and authentic relationship. And it's that you have to be who you really are so that the people drawn to you have a shot at loving who you really are because you're actually putting it out there. And the second thing is everything is not everyone's business or everybody's responsibility. That's incredibly important because without those limits and those boundaries, we'll drown in each other's problems. And what should have been a place of life and encouragement has now become a place of obligation and resentment. The other thing I want to say is there are lots of different kinds of friendships. There are lots of different kinds of great, amazing friendships that serve very different and very specific purposes in our lives. And in my opinion, the more that we can understand this, the more joy and connection I believe that we can have. Like in my life... There are I have friends that I go to lunch with, friends that I drink margaritas and laugh with, friends I can travel with, friends I can't travel with, okay? <laughs> friends that you can talk girl stuff with and friends that you can always talk serious stuff with. Like all of those friendships are with very different women. And so the connections can be incredibly different. When I try to say that, okay, well, all of my friendships need to look this way, it, I'm honestly just being dumb. 
I'm limiting the joy and the impact that lots of different women can have in my life. And I think a lot of that comes from a mindset of fear and of being really easily threatened, especially when we think that in order to have a friendship, we have to agree on everything, which is absolutely not true. So you have all those kind of friendships, but when typically when we talk about friendships with other women, we're usually cutting to the chase in that we're like, we want to talk about our people, like our tribe, like our ride or dies. Right. And I just, that is the heart of this. But I want to just say again, like friendships can be casual. They can be inconsistent and they can be lighthearted. And those are really, really good too. Like don't despise lighthearted gifts, especially on really, really tough days. Now, there is a difference between those friendships. And like I said before, the ride or die friends, like those are your people. The difference is your people, okay, are they're proven. Like, you know you can count on them. You know that you can trust them. They're who you call when it's time to bury the body, fight for your marriage, intercede for your child and family, and help you find your way back to yourself when you've lost her. Friendships are each unique and hold a special purpose in your life. And I'm just here to say, like, let them be what they are and what they naturally gravitate to and towards. If you're trying to force closeness when there's currently a comfortable distance, sis, stop. Like, don't panic. Take a deep breath and let's get real for a second. If you are pushing for your friendships to be what you need for them to be for you, like you need affirmation or closeness, you need consistency or intimacy or whatever, and you find that your efforts are not being reciprocated by someone, take another deep breath, take another step back, and let's look at what just might be going on. In my opinion, again, this is in my opinion, in my experience, the foundation of true friendships in my lives, in my my life, um, are loving someone for who they really are and letting them be exactly where they are. Loving them for who they really are and letting them be exactly where they are. That means they don't have to be somebody or be in the same place as you in order for you to love them. And you're not threatened, scared of, or intimidated by their real life, real feelings, or real struggles. Now, the only way this works is if you realize that you're not responsible for them. When we go back to earlier and we talk about healthy boundaries, if everything is everybody's business and everybody's responsibility, then it just turns into immediate hell, okay? The only way you cannot be threatened, scared of, intimidated by somebody, your friend's feelings or struggles or life or whatever, is if you look at them and you can understand that you get to love them, but you would it is not your responsibility to fix it, to take it on. What, ha- what the joy is in realizing you just get to do life with them. Like you get to be someone that they can look over as they're walking through life, even when it sucks. And they realize, man, I'm not alone. And this girl's got my back. Now you're ready if they need you, but more than anything, you are there reminding them that they have got this. True friendship is not fixing each other's problems being so codependent that you can't make a decision without their input or connecting only in struggle and hardship. In the same way, true friendship is not just connecting in happy. It's it's both parts. And the truth is, is that not everybody is going to make the cut of your people. You can still celebrate and honor the friendships that you have, but 
friendships must be made out of a choice. And that choice is I want to be here. I'm choosing to be here. Not I have to be here or she'll get super mad at me and make my life a living hell. That may sound ridiculous, but if you're honest, you probably have a lot more of those, quote, I have to be here kind of friendships than you'd like to admit. Having healthy boundaries are really, really key in having a healthy and happy friendship. And honestly, they're really important in even giving a friendship a shot to grow into the the ride or die people, your, your tribe, your people. We'll get more into that later, but for starters, if you want a good friend, If you are dying for a good friend, then sis, show up and be a good friend first, okay? I know that's wildly unpopular. Like, it's way easier to be like, I'm just going to sit here and wait for God to bring me that right friend. But I got to tell you, like... You, I promise you, you got some stuff to work out. You got some, some grudges to let go of. You got some, some wounds to be healed. And when we are willing to show up and do the work to become a better friend, even when we're like, we don't know who we're going to be a friend to yet, God honors that. Okay. And it's incredibly important for us to do because it starts any kind of future friendship with the, the basis of I'm responsible for me. And sis, you are responsible for you. And whoever else you're going to be in friendship with, they are responsible for them. When that gets mixed up, it goes south really, really quickly. So this is a common theme of conflict among so many of us, okay? Um, We have a friend going through a really hard time, and it's gotten harder and harder to honestly want to be around them. It's not because you don't love them. It's not because you don't want to support them or that you're just flat-out cold-hearted, okay? It's just that every time you try to connect, you feel like you're drowning, like you're being suffocated. Um, If we can, let's just be real honest here, okay? Um, No one, and I mean no one, wants to be super close friends with someone who is in a state of desperation. Someone who just keeps dumping and dumping and pulling on you to fix it. I mean, that, there's only so many encounters with that before somebody's going to, they're going to run to try and save themselves because it's like trying to swim with someone who's panicking in deep water. I mean, they're grabbing onto you and you're both going down. Now I want to, I want to just say this, like I have been this person. I have been this friend. I have been this wife. I have been this sister. I've been this daughter. I mean, it, it is, Oh, it is a very real thing and it happens and it happens in our lives so, so much. But let me just save you some time here, okay? We cannot save each other. We can't. It's not only not our job, but it's way too heavy of a burden. It's too heavy of a burden for you to carry to think that you can fix someone else or you can save someone else. And it's way too heavy for you to put on anybody else to think that they should be able to fix, save, or heal you. We will crash, drown, and die under that pressure, as will our friendships. I want to say this, like, I know you may really be hurting right now. I know that your list of betrayals, manipulation, rejection, and being left out is long. And I want you to hear me say this. Those wounds are legitimate and they absolutely matter. I am not asking you to pretend like they don't exist or that you need to ignore them or that you won't find friendship if you're in a really tough place. What I am saying is that if you're waiting for a friend who's going to make everything that you've been through better or right all of the wrongs done to you in friendship, then 
says when you and I are in that place, we are in a desperate, unhealthy place. Like I said before, I've been there. I've lived there for years. And the truth is, is that we're, when we're in that place and we're waiting for somebody to come make it all right, whatever relationship that is, we are looking for a friend or a boyfriend or a husband or a new parent or whatever. We are looking for a savior. Let me say that again. When we're in that place of desperation and we're waiting for somebody to come fix it all and make it all okay, we aren't looking for a friend. We're looking for a savior. And lucky for you and me, we already have one. But his name is not Allison or Katie or Shirley or Brandy. His name is Jesus. When we find ourselves lonely, panicked, and insecure, we will never ever, ever find the answer to our pain, find the answer for our healing in a human form. I'm just going to tell you ever. I mean, man, we really try to make it work. We try to find it. We try all the people in all the places, but like, let me just save you some time. You're not going to find it in a human form. We won't find it in our marriages. We won't find it in our family. We won't find it in our friends, just like we won't find it in new marriages or in a new family or in new friends. We have to start from where we are, exactly where we are and who we really are. And we must take our greatest needs and especially, gosh, especially our wounds of friendship to Jesus. He's the only one who can meet them, who can heal us, who can restore us. Literally, if we go with the swimming analogy and you are in open water in the ocean and you feel like you're drowning, he's the only person strong enough to swim us to the boat or swim us to shore. And you're going to cause a lot of damage both to yourself and to others the more that we keep reaching out and trying to put that burden on others. The great thing is, is that he stands ready and waiting to meet you exactly where you are, to love you beyond your greatest dreams and to heal your hurting heart, to restore you to, I am awesome. I have so much to offer as a friend and I cannot wait to see what God has for me. Okay, so in my experience, friendship with other women is a lot like marriage. Better said, as my girl Amy said on my Facebook poll, she was like, friendship is like dating all over again. Ugh. <laughs> yes, it is. Friendship is like dating. And dating is a hot mess in our world right now. I mean, just think about it. When you go to text a friend, when you go to call or walk across the room or be like, hey, like, Let's get together and have our kids play. Or would you want to go grab a cup of coffee sometime or whatever? It feels like you're asking somebody out, right? You are so nervous. There's so much nervousness. And it's wrapped up in all of that are these questions like, will they like me? Am I too much? Am I coming on too strong? Is what I'm wearing okay? I mean, it is, it is, oh, all of our insecurities and all of our things can be wrapped up in those moments. And I mean, Sometimes I'm just like, can somebody please just develop a Bumble app for friendships? I mean, it may already exist. I don't know. I'm not up to date on all of the things. But like sometimes, no, not sometimes, always, it would seem so much easier to swipe left or right on somebody's like Facebook profile and be like, she looks like she could be my friend. Let me see her quotes. Mm-hmm. Let me see her outfits. Yeah, she thinks she, she looks like she could be my friend. That would be easier than having to actually do life. But the crazy thing is, real friendships are absolutely made in real life. So 
I find the dating analogy to be really powerful here because for me, a major shift happened in my life and in my outlook of how I encountered people, especially relationships when they didn't work out after college. Um, To give you a little background, all of my friends and roommates got married within six months after we graduated. Um, I lived with four other girls in a house in College Station. Uh, We were all going to Texas A&M. And out of my four roommates, three of them were all engaged in planning weddings our entire senior year. I mean, it was like Wedding Central. I don't know how there weren't more fights, honestly, because... I mean, bridal season is rough on people, but three of them in one house? Gosh, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't tell me about the fights. Anyways, for me, because everybody had gotten married in, in like every possible way, I felt like I was on the clearance shelf of life and romance. I mean, I wasn't just on the clearance shelf like at, you know, Nordstrom's or Saks. I was on the clearance shelf at freaking Ross Dress for Less, y'all. I mean, All the good ones had not only been picked and clearanced like several times to get to Ross Dress for Less, the good ones had gotten married. They had been picked and I was single, living by myself, a youth director during the week and a touring worship leader and speaker on the weekends with a closet full of ugly bridesmaids dresses. Like that was life for me. And I was haunted by the fear that no one would ever pick me, love me marry me. I mean, to be fair, like, what was I, 23? I was in a complete panic that I wasn't going to get married. My mom was married at 19. My Mimi was married around the same age. And I'll never forget, I turned 23 and my Mimi was like, how old are you? And I was like, oh, Mimi, I'm 23. And she's like, oh, getting kind of old, aren't you? And I was like, panic has set into my heart. Even my Mimi thinks I'm too old and nobody's going to marry me. Um, I wrestled through it, man. And that perspective of like that panic, it led me through some really, I mean, I have to say the relationships were creative and that I like made things work, quote, made things work that I really shouldn't have, but it was not a good place. Okay. It was not a good perspective or sort of life theology. Um, around that time, this funny little book came into my life, men are from Mars and women are from Venus, right? It's so old school. It's been around forever and it's still so freaking true. I mean, I'm sure there's parts of it that are outdated or whatever, but I can't even tell you where it was in the book, but I remember them talking about the importance for a woman to shift her view of dating from the very powerless question of, will you be the one who finally loves me? Like, oh, are you going to be the one? Are you going to be the one? Like we're just, we are, we're sitting in a castle just waiting for somebody to come love us. We need to shift from that to the question. I wonder if you'll get to be the one who loves me. I wonder if you'll be the one who gets to love me. So instead of like, am I finally going to be loved? It shifts to a place of confidence and of understanding your worth of being, of experiencing life with like wonder and curiosity, not panicked and a need for affirmation. So the first question comes from a place of insecurity and scarcity. Will you be the one who finally loves me? Is the question once again for a savior not a boyfriend and definitely not a friend. It's dangerous ground, sis, like for real. Because if we believe this is the only person who will love us, we will put up with just about anything. 
out of fear of being alone. I mean, how many times have you found yourself sitting in a conversation, a mom's group on a trip, a girl's night out and realized, why the hell am I doing this? Why am I here? I hate how these people make me feel. I hate the way she talks to me. I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't like this. Chances are you got there because you believed those were the only people who would love you. Those were the only people who would be your friend. I mean, how many times do we watch incredibly like gorgeous women that put up with abuse or being cheated on or whatever? And we're like, man, how can they stay? How can they stay? I mean, that that's a real powerful chain of believing that this is the only person that will ever love me. Okay, now for the good stuff. Making the shift to, oh, I wonder if you're the one who's going to get to love me is so powerful because its foundation is not a place of obnoxious pride, although I understand how it gets sound that way, but it's a place of knowing your worth and your value. You're not looking for anyone to answer the question of whether or not you're worthy because you know you are and you know that you have lots to bring to the table. Man, I mean, think about it. Don't you want to hang out with someone who believes in and loves themselves, who thinks they're pretty damn cool and that you are too? Yes. I mean, absolutely. So I'm thinking about this today and I'm, I'm suddenly struck by, honestly, just like flabbergasted. I'm like, guys don't have these issues. Like guys never sit around and are like, I just... I don't know if they're going to think I'm good enough. I mean, <laughs> they, they just don't seem to have nearly as much trouble or drama in their friendships. And here's what I can tell you. After being, a married, being married for almost 11 years, okay, I can confidently say that part of the reason that guys don't experience so much drama in their friendships is because they, they pretty much walk around all the time thinking that they are just freaking awesome. Like... They think anyone would love to hang out with them and that they're a great friend. Like they're not they're not wasting time losing sleep wondering if they're a good friend. And they may lose their sleep over other things. Am I, am I good enough man? Will I be successful? Like everybody has their stuff. But in general, men walk in a much deeper sense of confidence than women. And it's not a bad trait. I mean, it's necessary even at different points. But at least the man that I'm married to is never short on confidence. Now, he may doubt himself at times, but in general, he's never like, hey, babe, I'm just, I'm not sure that I'm like cool enough for you to even want to hang out with me. Hell no, no. The guy I'm married to is like, I just don't understand. There are so many women who would love to be married to me. You just you just don't seem to be one of them right now. That's that's really strange. I'm just hmm, you, you must be wrong. I'm not kidding you. That's a direct quote from my husband. Like you have to appreciate his confidence. I'm just saying, ladies, we'd be a lot happier if we adopted more of that mindset. We'd process rejection a hell of a lot better than we do because when we can live life with a mindset of we're on the lookout for the right people, not just all of the people, we are able to much more freely release relationships that just aren't a good fit. That's it. Sometimes the truth is staring us right in the face. This relationship just isn't a good fit for me in this season of my life. That doesn't make me a bad person. It just makes me responsible to bless it for what it's been in my life and to release it, to let it go, to let it be what it's going to be. A lot of times we see these relationship shifts in major life changes, engagements, getting married, having kids. Life has a way of just refining our inner circle 
And I just have to say, after my own (laughs) experiences and heartache, anxiety, and working to try and make things work that just weren't going to work, let it. Let life and Jesus refine your inner circle. He will use all kinds of things and ways to do it. And if you will let him do it, you will find a tremendous amount more joy and peace in the process. If someone, if, if someone else releases me from relationship, I can now understand that it's not because I wasn't enough. It's because I, w- I wasn't a fit for them. And, and probably even for me, they just may have seen it before I did. And sis, we want the best of what God has to offer. God has a way of bringing the best of the best into our lives when we let him. Meaning when we leave enough room to let him take people away and bring new ones in, he will show up. He will. You don't need all the friends, okay? You don't need everybody to like you. You don't need everybody to think you're cool. You just need your people. God is in the business of bringing us our people, the ones who will cheer us on to all of the glory he's made us to be, the ones who will tell us no instead of yes when we really need to hear it, the ones we will love through hard days, the ones who won't be afraid of our real feelings, the ones who will love us toward Jesus, towards freedom, towards the real us. So today, let's end with this. A couple of questions. Where are you frustrated in friendship or relationship? Where are you pushing for something in a friendship that's just not being reciprocated, that's just not working? Let's dare to get honest with our needs, our wounds, and our issues. Let's work to be the healthiest that we can be so that when God brings his friends, like our people, the ones he knows that our hearts will connect and respond to, we are ready. Sis, I just want to encourage you, friendships can be tough, but they don't have to be. Where you're holding on, dare to open up your hands and trust the Lord with what he's doing in your life, with the shifts that he's making. Um, Dare to be really honest with yourself about where maybe you're pushing for things that your friends cannot give you, that your husband cannot give you, that your family cannot give you. Take those needs to him and watch as he does amazing, amazing things in your life and frees you up for some incredible like mind-blowing relationships and friendships where there's not a day that goes by that I'm not like, I cannot believe that God put it in the heart of these amazing people to want to love me and to be my friend. And I wasn't always in that space, but today I am, and I'm so grateful for it. We will continue this friendship series next week. We'll talk a little bit more about healthy boundaries and what that looks like and how to be able to say no and not be completely panicked that people are going to hate you forever. Thanks for joining me today on Confessions of a High Strung Woman. I'm Abby Walker, and I will talk to you next week.